with you. Amen. Good morning. Is it working? Well, I would like to thank uh, Pastor Bruick, Pastor Nathan, the Board of Elders. Please be seated. The Board of Elders, the congregation, and everyone who is here today for giving me this opportunity to be here once again. I remember I've been coming here for quite a few years now, and uh, I will try to be as clear as possible, but I cannot possibly change my accent. <laughs> you might have to shift your hearing senses with me a little bit today. I bring greetings to you from people of the book Lutheran Outreach, Pablo, reaching out to Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, Buddhists, Baha'is, Zoroastrians, anyone who does not know Jesus as the only true Lord and Savior. Lord has blessed the ministries. We started from the basement of Atonement Lutheran Church in East Dearborn, Michigan. And ever since then, Lord has really blessed us immensely. We have missionaries, full-time workers in eight districts of LCMS. And we are starting up three new mission fields. One has already started, as you will meet the missionaries today, Lincoln, Nebraska. And missionary Nader and his wife, Georgette, they will be in the service at, at the latter part of the service today. And then we are starting up Naples, Bonita Springs, and Fort Myers, Florida. The missionary will be deployed in the first week of August. And then with the third mission field that we are starting up is Cincinnati, Ohio. And the missionaries have got their visas, they've got the tickets, they're about to fly, and that will be starting up also in the first week of August. So the Lord has blessed the ministries, and we are also working on starting up St. Louis, Missouri, and Lee Summit and Kansas City, Missouri, and also Dallas, Texas. We are already in Austin, and we are in Houston, and we are going to start Dallas by His grace. And then we are also looking at Fort Wayne, Indiana, because one portion of Fort Wayne, Indiana has got a huge population of Burmese Muslims. And Lord continues to bless us. In a service in the last weekend of last month at St. Michael's Portage, Michigan, we were blessed with 13 Afghan baptisms. Afghan Muslims were baptized in one single worship. And all glory goes to him. One by one, they're coming and joining the body of our Lord. And we are also working on bringing in some Afghans who would be coming to Nebraska. And we are working on their cases as well. The Lord has blessed us immensely. And, we, uh, and I thank you for giving us this opportunity to be here and not to share the gospel message. And also being partners of people of the Book Lutheran Outreach since so many years, since I came here the first time several years ago. Coming back to today's gospel message, the topic of today's message is when I was preparing this sermon, I, this song hit my mind, go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. So it's not that we are talking about Christmas in July, but the topic of my sermon is go tell it on the mountain and everywhere. Going and telling the story of Jesus. That is what we have read in our lessons today also. That is what we have sang about in our hymns today. And that is all about. But when we look at our world, 
going back to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. And we see that our first parents, they sinned and they had fallen short of the glory of God. And they were hiding because they were sinful. They were hiding behind a bush. When God came in the cool of the day, they were not able to face him because they were naked. And God covered their nakedness. There was a sacrifice that happened. And God gave the gospel right in the third chapter of Genesis that the seed of the woman will come and crush the head of the serpent. And every prophet that came after that had one message, salvation is coming, deliverance is coming. So much so that 700 years before the coming of Jesus, prophet Isaiah came and wrote very precisely. And then John the Baptist, who is the bridge between the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament prophets, points at him and says, here comes the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus came. And brothers and sisters in Christ, and he gave us the road map. Jerusalem, all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of this earth. And that is what our Lord wants us to do. But let's go back to when it all happened and at the birth of Jesus. In Paul's letter to Galatians, in its fourth chapter and fourth verse, it's written, when the time had fully come, God sent his son. What was the condition of the place where Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem? This place was occupied by the Roman Empire. And the Romans were very disruptive. They disrupted the lives of the people who were living in that whole area. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all those areas. And over and above that, the temple hierarchy was even more, destruct more disruptive. And it was disrupting the lives of the people. And the people there were living in discontentment, in fear, in turmoil, in hopelessness and dismay. That means that they were looking for hope. And hope was born in the town of Bethlehem. And that is when Jesus was born. The road to salvation starts right from the birth of Jesus, leading all the way up to the cross of Calvary. And on that cross, he reconciled the world back to the Father. The sins of the whole world were paid in full on the cross of Calvary. And on the third day, he defeated death and rose again, and he gave us the hope, hope of everlasting life, that since he lives, we will live also. And that is the hope that our Lord wants us to go and give to the world, that since he lives, you will live also. If you believe, if you die and rise with him in baptism, you are assured heaven. So brothers and sisters in Christ, our Lord was the hope that the world was waiting for. But when our lives are disrupted, that is when our hearts are more receptive. A human heart is more receptive when the life is disrupted. And the message of hope, message of peace, message of salvation, message of everlasting life took over the whole world. And we don't see that huge Roman Empire anymore. So the peace and love and hope 
grew and covered the world. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when we look at our world today, the natural calamities that happen, the hurricanes, the tsunamis, the world wars, or the, not to mention the war in Ukraine where thousands are dying, death of a loved one or a friend, persecution, discrimination, not to mention the coronavirus. At each of these stages, our lives were disruptive. They say at a funeral service, the heart is so disrupted, and that is when the heart is very receptive to receive the gospel message. And that was the time when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and he gave the hope to the world. In the book of Isaiah, in our Old Testament lesson, as Pastor was reading to us this morning in ninth chapter, he says, people walking in the darkness had seen a light. On those who were living in the shadow of death, light had been dawned, that to us a son is given. And He's talking, he's going further and he's saying, to us a son is given to us and that the government will be on his shoulders and he'll be called the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And this prince of peace came and the message of peace and love took over the world. Brothers and sisters in Christ, before Jesus ascended into heaven as we were reading in our epistle lesson today, this road map he wants every Christian to memorize. My own Jerusalem, which is my house, my church, my area where I live, my city. All of Judea and leading all the way to the ends of this earth. That we may carry the good news of Jesus, telling that Jesus loves you and he died for you. And brothers and sisters in Christ, there are four things that I would like to bring to your attention today. Number one. Sharing and telling the story of Jesus. It is so important. It is absolutely important that we may go and tell someone what we have heard and what we have listened. There was a Christian saint. He was traveling from Houston, Texas to Chicago, Illinois in a bus. It was an 18-hour journey or 17-hour journey, and there was a Christian saint who was sitting there, and next to him was an ethnic woman who was not even a Christian. God brought this woman in his presence for 18 long hours, or 17 long hours, sorry. For 16 hours, this gentleman didn't utter a single word. After the passage of 16 hours, he asked this woman, are you coming or going? This lady said, Chicago is home to me, I'm coming. Conversation closed. What I want to say is a golden opportunity that God brought this person in the presence of this Christian saint and he didn't share the gospel. America is a mission field, world mission field. The world has come to us. 50 years ago, 80 years ago, we were sending missionaries to all over the world. Now the world has come to us. They're right in our neighborhood and our Lord has purposely deployed them so that we can go and share the gospel message. So the first point is going and telling the story of Jesus. Our Gospels give us the whole pattern and design and also give us examples. They are full of them. When we go to John chapter 1, verse 41, having witnessed himself, Andrew, he went not only engaged his brother Simon, but he gave him the witness of the Messiah and he then 
took him to the Messiah. Not only having found the Messiah, going and witnessing the Messiah, and then bringing the person to the Messiah. That is what our Lord is looking at us as Christians. Then we go further in Gospel of John, it's 43rd verse. Philip finds Nathanael and told him, We found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law, and about whom prophets wrote Jesus of Nazareth, having found the Messiah, going and telling about Messiah. That is what our Lord wants us to do. In a Jewish tradition, when a person is deceased, at that time, at the time of Jesus, on the third day of the death, the, the women would go to the, to the grave of the deceased and bomb the body of the person. Jesus is in his grave for three days, and these women, Mary the, Mary the Magdalene and the other Mary, they are walking up to the grave, and they find Jesus, that he lives. They find him living and risen. He says, do not touch me, I have not seen my father yet, but he, this is what Jesus tells them, go and tell my brother that he lives. All four gospel accounts give the same story. Go and tell. Going and telling about Jesus that he lives. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is so important. I like watching movies. But sometimes people think I'm crazy. One, one week I ended up in Phoenix, Arizona in the month of July. It was 110 degrees. I was preaching at Christ Lutheran Church, Greenfield, Arizona. My host, they, he worked for NASA and they had a beautiful brand new house in the upscale area of Gilbert and I was staying with them for a week. They would all come in the evening. They had a whole backyard of a swimming pool and they would jump in the swimming pool and they would have this barbecue and then they will come in and switch on the fans and sleep. But there was no air conditioning. So here's a Michigander there who is uh, trying to look for a cool place. Friday was the next day I had, didn't have any appointment. So I said, I'll better go and spend my time in a movie theater. I went and saw the first movie. I came back for a ticket for the second one. When I came back to this girl to buy the third one, she was uh, smiling and she said, do you like movies that much? I said, no. She did not know that I was trying to hide myself from the heat of the day. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we all like going to a movie when our favorite star is playing as a hero in that movie, he's acting as a hero. We go along with our family and friends and we want to watch this movie because he's our favorite hero. And right at the climax of the movie, the hero dies. We come out of the movie theater, we are sad, we are hardly talking to our companion, we are saying, this should have not ended this way. We're going home, we are not very silent. We see these two persons who are walking on the road to Amias, seven miles journey from Jerusalem. Their hero was hung on the cross and he died. They had the same feelings. For them, every step was a mile. And right at the end of the journey, Jesus joins them. And when Jesus breaks the bread and opens their, opens their eyes, 
that seven-mile journey was nothing. They run back to Jerusalem to tell all the others that he lives, and we have seen him. This is what our Lord wants us to do, is go and tell the story of Jesus. Number two, telling others what he has done for you in your own life. It is so important because your own testimony of Jesus is the greatest witness of Jesus that you are going to do in your lifetime. We all go to a doctor's office as and when the need be. Sometimes the doctors, they send you for, I was just last week for my, for my exams and my physical, and he sent me for this echo and all that thing, and I could see the, the waves going up and down on the screen, the peaks and the troughs, peaks and the troughs. If it is a straight line, you're dead. <laughs> but at every trough moment of your lives, Jesus was there. He was there to uphold you. He was there to restore you. He was there to lead you out of your situation and move you forward. That is what he wants to those moments that you go and share with somebody and tell them the story of Jesus, that Jesus lives and we will live also. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there was this woman who was not very well-known woman of the town, she goes to the well to fetch some water at the day of the, and the time when there was nobody at the well. And she meets Jesus, John chapter 4, this Samaritan woman. And Jesus meets her, he tells her about everything about her life, her past, her present, her situation. And when he fills her, she even doesn't fetch the water and she runs back to her village. And she tells them that I have met this prophet that we were waiting for. Isn't he the Christ? And she brings all the village to Jesus. Having found Jesus and having been touched by Jesus and then going and telling her story, he told me everything about me and brings the village to them. John chapter 9, there is this blind man who is blind from his birth. Jesus heals him. It was a tradition in those days that if you were healed, if you had leprosy, or you would go to the high priest and he would testify that the person has been cleansed or healed. This blind man goes to the temple for the same purpose. Everybody knew that he's blind from his birth. But they were so shocked to see that he can see now. And they start interrogating him and they ask him, you were blind, what happened? And he tells about Jesus. And they start asking him, is he a prophet? What do you say? He says, I do not know he's a prophet or not. But this I know, I was blind, but now I see. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we were all spiritually blind, but now we see. Our Lord wants us to go and tell and witness about him. Mark chapter 5, Jesus cast the legions of demons out of this man and he begs Jesus, I want to go along with you. What did Jesus tell him? Go home to your family and tell them everything that the Lord has done for you. 
He wants us to go and give our own testimony about Jesus, what he has done for us. And that is all about, number three, reporting what Jesus has done. John the baptizer, he's in, in the prison. His own disciples came to meet him. And he sends the message to Jesus, are you the one we were waiting for? Or should we look for someone else? And then Jesus sends the message. He says, go and report to John that the blind can see and those who have leprosy are healed and deaf can hear and dead are raised to life and the good news of the gospel is being preached. That is what our Lord wants us to do. Go and report. We have heard, we have learned, we have read, we have the knowledge that we may go out and report to somebody else telling about, the, about Jesus. Number four, use our gifts and our talents to leave a message for the generations to come. He want, we are in a relay race on this earth. In athletics, there's a, there's a, a race which is called relay race. There are about 10 or 15 athletes and they're holding a small relay and they run to a certain distance. And there are other 10 or 15 athletes waiting there, they grab the relay and run another distance. And there are another 15 until the last one take it to the finish line. We are in a relay race on this earth as human beings, as Christians. Our Lord wants us to leave a message for the generations to come, leave a legacy behind do something worthwhile for our generations to come. King David wrote most of the Psalms. Even today when we read them, they encourage us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he left a legacy behind for people to read and get inspired. The only disciple at the foot of the cross, John, everybody else ran away due to fear. While working in the minds of Patmos, Inspired by the Holy Spirit, he writes the Gospel of John, John 1 and John 2 and the book of Revelation, leaving a message for the generations to come. He wants us to leave a message behind. There was a Christian missionary who was working in African jungles, and there was a new tribe that had converted, and he was going through the jungle, and the tribe leader was leading him through to that village. While they were going, they were going from a different route and he was breaking all the branches on the sides. And when they were almost finishing their journey, he asked, why were you breaking all the branches while we were walking? He said, that is called Losaka in his language. And he says, what is that? He says, making the way for the, those who will come after me. This is what the Lord wants us to do, leave a legacy behind, make the way for those who would come after us, and so that they can carry it to the finish line. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is my prayer that you who have learned, you who have heard, you who have been taught, you whose life have been touched by our Lord Jesus Christ, that you may have this holy discontentment that you may be spiritually restless to share the good news of Jesus. For this world, which is again in turmoil, in distress, in dismay, and the lives of people are being disrupted by the forces of evil.
that you may go out and share the gospel message. Tell them the story of Jesus. Tell them your own story and witness what Jesus has done for you. Go and report what you have learned and heard and leave a legacy behind. And our Lord is saying, go my children with my blessings, never alone. Waking, sleeping, I am with you. You are my own. May our Lord bless you. May our Lord be with you. And may our Lord give you this courage to go and tell at least someone in your own Jerusalem, in your own Judea, Jesus loves you and he died for you. Amen.